0: Um, last week, we, we began this series on prayer, and it's entitled The Half Million oh, Mobilization.
1: word, again, around and around and around. What? What, what is the deal? I mean, do you know what? Well, you're no help. Hey, hey, why, why do we just keep going around? Just keep marching. What does that mean? Just keep... My feet are tired. I mean, six days in a row, we got in the, co- in, the, in, the, in the sand, we put our shoes on, we've got weapons. Why aren't we using weapons? Why aren't we using weapons? Just keep marching. Do you know what the plan is? I mean, I need a bottle of water. Did you, did you bring a bottle of water? Are, are we going to get any water breaks? Are we even get any water breaks? Just keep marching. Okay. Does anybody have a plan? I mean, does Joshua have? A, does God have a plan? I mean, we've marched around this city for six days, and here we are today. It's like He doesn't know how many times He's. How many times are we going to march around today? You're no help. <laughs> when is something going to happen? When is something going to happen?: Just keep marching.: Just keep marching. Just keep marching. Just keep marching.
0: Dustin is a great leader. He really is. Sometimes that's what good leadership is. is not getting emotional about it and just said, "Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving." Well, you'll never guess where we're going today. We're going to be in Joshua chapter six, verses one through twenty. But as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted. Last week, last week we began this series uh, that the the Church of the Nazarene is working through together, called the Half Million Mobilization. Basically, just we're praying our way to Pentecost is is the easy way to say it. All it is is just focusing on prayer and and asking the Lord to speak and 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 seeing what we sense God saying for the church, and then. Uh, we'll have a celebration on Pentecost Sunday at the coming of the Holy Spirit, but so you know last week we talked about jesus 's prayer for Simon, that Jesus prayed for simon 's faith, and then Simon immediately turned around and denied Christ three times. and well, did simons did jesus did Jesus' prayer fail? Well no, it didn't. did simon 's faith fail? Ultimately, not really no, it just faltered, but it didn't fail. We talked about how in school we weren't, we weren't in school to get perfect 100s on everything, but rather the goal is to produce good, well-rounded people. And the goal of prayer is not perfection. The goal of prayer is not to do a routine. You remember Patty wanted to sign everybody up and call people and make a list, and that's not what prayer's about. But prayer is our continual communion with God. And it's going to look a lot of different ways. Sometimes in a quiet place, sometimes in nature, sometimes with people, sometimes alone. Prayer happens everywhere. So let's look into the scripture today from Joshua chapter 6. You can stay seated because we're going to read the whole story today. Um, But we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read through this story of, of, of Jericho. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out. And no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpet of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times, with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city, just keep marching. With an, angel, "'with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. "'When Joshua had spoken to the people, "'the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets "'before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, "'and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. "'The armed guard marched ahead of the priests "'who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. "'All this time the trumpets were sounding, "'but Joshua had commanded the army, "'Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices.' Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed, and the ark of the Lord... Of the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on the day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is in it. Are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who were with her in her house shall be spared. Because she hid the spies that we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. This is the word of the Lord for us today, and we can say, thanks be to God. So today we look at this story of Joshua leading the people around the city of Jericho. And first of all, how did Joshua know that God wanted all of this to happen? What did the text tell us? It said that God told him, right? He heard the voice of God. What did we define prayer as last week? Oh yeah, conversation with God. Joshua was in conversation with God and had practiced this, so he knew the voice of God well when he heard it. Have you ever heard of perfect pitch? Do you know what that is? Perfect pitch. Um, People like Beethoven. Beethoven had perfect pitch. Um, there's, there's a pop artist right now named Charlie Puth, and he has perfect pitch. And basically what that means is he can hear any noise, and without any other reference, he can tell you what note on the piano that is. So just out of thin air, he hears a note, and he knows F sharp. So I've got a video that I want you to see that this is a child who has perfect pitch, and, and see what, what it looks like. Okay, Dylan, we're going to do the hardest ear training test of all time. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> all right, turn around. Here we go. As fast as you can. We're going to okay. start with single notes, and so we're going to do some intervals, then chords. Okay, here we go. flat. Okay, good. Two notes at once. Here we go.
1: Some poly for you. These are really gonna be hard. You ready? What's this? For okay, sing a B flat. Mm. Very good. What's this chord? What's this chord? Great. What's this chord?
0: Excellent. So just so you know, I, I, I can't play those chords that he said. And as you can hear, they were ugly, n- ugly chords. They're not the norm and in in just spits it out. Well, perfect pitch. One in 10,000 people have perfect pitch. I figured it would be like one in like a million, but one in 10,000 people. But perfect pitch, it's not, it's not something you can learn. So if you don't have that, I'm so sorry, but you're never going to have it. Uh, so don't try, don't devote your life to learning it, because you can't. It's, it's something that actually develops in babies that are... Uh, they hear enough music, and they have the right capacity in their brain. And there's a lot of factors that play into it, but it is a gift. But, and you, normally they find out at a young age, normally around before the age of 12, kids can begin to realize that they have this. And, and you, you, you just can't learn it. Well, I want you to know that nobody has perfect prayer. <laughs> Nobody is born just walking around going, oh, God said turn left, I'm going to turn left. Oh, God said turn right, I'm going to turn right. That's not how it works. And no matter how uh, much you want it, you're not going to get it. Now, now, in music, though, there is this thing called relative pitch, which means you can train your ear to maybe remember one note or, or to, to be within a very small uh, margin of error. Meaning, if I I wanted to memorize F, and I was just, F, then I could play off of that to try to figure out what other notes were, but it's not perfect pitch. It's just relative. You're just basing it off of something. And relative pitch can be learned, and it can be developed, and you can get better at it, but it's never perfect. You never get there. This is how prayer works. It's not something that you just go man, my mom was just a prayer warrior and she was just perfect at it and I just, I'm never gonna, you know, I'm, I'm never gonna come close to what she did. That, that's not how prayer works. It takes time. It takes practice and dedication and devotion to scripture. God speaks through God's word. And if we don't know God's word and if we're not in God's word, then we're gonna have a really hard time ever hearing anything. We have to have somewhere to begin put yourself in the place of the people of God as they were walking around the walls of Jericho. I can just imagine the kids being like Patty was. What are we doing? What's the plan? Where are we going? Who's got water? Why are we doing this? This is dumb. The only way that these questions can be combated or answered is from those who knew that this was the will of God. Ultimately, all the way up the chain of command, so above Dustin would have been Joshua at some point, and Joshua would have said, I know for a fact that this is what God wants us to do. And for everyone else, that just had to be okay. You see, the only way that we can combat these questions is being devoted to prayer and scripture. Some of you have been walking around the walls of Jericho for a long time seems like days, years, decades pass, and you have the same prayer. You're on the same journey. You're not seeing the end. You're not seeing what you want to see. And you ask, why am I even doing this again? If you're not grounded in a life of prayer and devotion to the scripture, then you'll lose sight of why. And you'll begin to wander even worse. You'll forget that God has called you to this, whatever it may be. So those of you who are are ready to give up, you're tired of praying the same prayer. You're tired of walking around the walls and nothing is happening. Don't give up. Don't give up. It it sounds simple, but don't give up. Don't give up praying for that loved one. Don't give up. Don't give up just because the doctors say there's, there's no way. There's no way we're coming out of this. Don't give up just because the last penny has gone out of the bank account and you don't know where tomorrow, where, where food will come tomorrow. Don't give up. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to give you what you're asking for, but what I'm saying is God is going to remind you over and over again that God is God and you are not. And God is going to remind you that I have sustained you thus far. I will continue to sustain you. So don't give up. I don't know what your Jericho is, but don't give up. Keep marching. Keep in constant communion with God. And I know you believe in what is to come. Just like maybe, maybe in, in our example, maybe Patty did believe, okay, these walls will fall. God's going to do something. But couldn't there be a better method? Why? In the hot sun are we walking around this city? There's something about that process and waiting on God that sometimes can drive us crazy. I, after all wouldn't it have just been easier to use a cannon to take down the walls that could have happened so much quicker wouldn't have taken 7 days and we wouldn't have sweat so much anything but continuing to be kind to that coworker that's so awful anything but that anything but hearing your children deny faith in Christ one more time anything but that anything else would be so much better god But you believe, you honestly believe that the walls of Jericho will come down. But God, a cannon would have been so much faster. Church, don't give up. Don't give up. Remember that God did not send Joshua around the city alone. He didn't say, Joshua, leave camp by yourself and go around the, 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 the city. No. He said, gather. Gather Gather the ark. Take me with you. Take me with you around the city. I'm going with you. Others are going with you. You're not alone. Don't give up. But he was surrounded with loved ones and his co-workers who were willing to accept what God said. How many of you in here have ever had a house built? Like, you kind of had frame... Okay, so a handful of you have had a house built before... You know, that's, that's very different than buying a house. Because when you buy a house, you pack up your stuff, you drive the truck across town, across the country, across the world. can't drive a truck across the world, I know that. But you do that, and you unload, and you settle in. But building a house is so much different. Now, I've never done it, but I, I've had friends that have. I, I had a teacher in high school that was going through it one semester. And building a house it really does. It sounds like a great idea. It does. Because, cause, I mean, you get to make decisions, because normally when you buy a house, you go into the new house, and then you're like, oh, I don't, I hate these cabinets, or uh, why did they paint the bathroom green? Who, you know, things like that. But if if you build a house, you don't have that. You get to be a part of, oh, we want, you know, the outside to be white, and, and we want, uh, you know, natural wood-looking shutters, and, and we want the back porch to be this big, and and, and you get to design all that and you can do as much as codes and everything will allow you to do well if you're not aware, if you've never built a house the process of building a house starts with them, the builder giving you a time frame and, and the builder normally says your house will be ready in 7-8 months and that timeline is set in stone until the first shovel touches the ground <laughs> And then, you, you, you get a call from the builder, and they say, well, we ran into this under the house that we didn't expect, so that's going to add about two weeks to the project. And okay, all right, two weeks, right, right. Well, then you get a month in or so, and, and then you realize, oh, the lumberyard is out of the wood that we needed for all of our studs for framing, and they're not, not going to get them for two weeks. Oh, that's two more weeks. And then they start getting into building your house and then they run into water issues trying to get hooked into the county and then, and, and then they, they run out of this material or your appliances were on back order and they're not going to get there. And so eventually they, they tell you, all right, it's, it's going to be more like 10 months from our start date. And, and I had a teacher in high school that hers went from 7, 8 months to 15 months by the time it was finally done. And you know, it, it's, you know what it's going to look like, right? You know the outcome because you saw it on paper. The builders showed you nowadays there's 3D models. And you can literally see in your house before they ever, ever break ground. But that time frame keeps getting moved. And that's frustrating. And in about month five, most people having their home built begin to really second-guess themselves. Because they begin to think, man, you know, if we just bought a house... That house we looked at, we could afford it. It's been five months. We could have already redone the back porch. We could have already painted the bathroom. That would have taken one Saturday. We, we could have done that, and we'd be happy, and, and we wouldn't be dealing with the stress and this mess. And Before they decided to build, they, they found several homes that would have been good options. But still, for some reason, they chose this mess. And then there's usually some sleepless nights wondering, will this ever get done? Because you're currently paying for a place to live and you're waiting on this project to get done. And there's always some regret when that date gets pushed for the fifth, sixth time. But the only way to get through that process is to remember why you decided to build, to remember why you chose this over all the other options that the world had and continue to be encouraged by the one who's in charge of the project, who's telling you, it's going to get done. It's just not quite how we thought it was going to. It, it's it's going to take a little longer than we expected. The one in charge will always continue to promise you that the finish line is coming. And that's what prayer is like. When we get into it, we think, man, yeah maybe if i just if I just pray this prayer for like two weeks and commit to it, you know maybe maybe god 'll just fulfill that, and then sometimes you you realize that man i I started that prayer a month ago now and and god 's still giving me a burden I, I still feel like I need to be praying about this, but it hasn 't turned out how I thought, and it 's surely taken longer than I expected, and but you know. That you know that God is saying, keep marching. Keep praying. I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not alone. Don't give up. Keep going. If you're wondering what in the world God is doing in your life as you walk around Jericho, I want to encourage you today with the words of Philippians. Some words you've probably heard many times, but Philippians 4, 6, and 7. They say, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So maybe you're on day five of marching around Jericho, and you're taking those worries to God when the news comes in that what you're praying for has been pushed further down the road, the house is going to take longer than you expected. Take that frustration to God in prayer. I promise you that God is big enough, that God can handle and listen to your frustrations. And when the seventh day comes and it's time to blow the trumpets, we pray that God has given you enough strength to hold the trumpet to your mouth and that God has given you enough breath to blow the trumpet. When we do this, the text says that the peace of God, which goes beyond anything that we can comprehend or understand, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It didn't say that it'll get any easier, but you will be embraced by the loving God who has called you into this march around Jericho. And God will not let you get distracted and forget why you were on this journey. You know, and I think sometimes God does embrace us and, and, and have such sweet moments with us. And sometimes I think God sounds a lot like Dustin and just says, keep marching. Keep marching. We've been through this. Keep marching. Hmm. The good news for us today is that I believe with my whole heart that the walls of Jericho fell. They did It's easy to say that looking back. But I promise you, one day you will look back and you will see, wow, God was faithful in that situation. Or maybe you won't even see it. Maybe your grandkids will look back and say, wow, God was so faithful through all of that. Through that mess in our society, God was so faithful. But it took generations. The walls of your Jericho, they they will come down. But I can't promise you that it's going to happen in seven days. I can't promise you that it's going to happen in seven or eight months. Just be aware that it may not happen in the way that you picture it. You might have better ideas than God, and I'm sure you do. But the strategy might seem strange. But when we are faithful in prayer to our loving God, we are never alone. So today it's really a simple idea. Don't give up. I know you're tired of marching. I know it seems like the deadline just keeps getting moved down the road. Will I ever see this? Moses didn't see the promised lands, But because of his faithfulness, his ancestors did. We've got to continue to remain faithful, even when it doesn't make sense. Today I want to spend our last few moments here just in prayer. Many of you have so much going on. I I just want to open the altars to say, you can come to this, these altars, they're a place, again, I say it all the time, but there's nothing special about these pieces of wood. But all we say is, hey, God has moved here before, and so we put an altar, and we know that God can move again. But I believe that God can move in your seat, I believe God can move in your house, I believe God can move in the park. But today, for the next few moments, I invite you to, to, to pray, to ask God for courage and strength, to ask God, say, Lord, I'm tired of marching, Remind me that I'm not alone. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you today. Some of us have been praying for years. Some of us have been praying for weeks with this one thing on our hearts, whatever it may be, God. Show us. Show us that we're not alone. Be Remind us today that, that we are with others, that you are with us, that just as Joshua did, that we take your presence with us. Although for them, it was in the form of the Ark of the Covenant, we thank you that, that for us, Lord, today, that it's your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to commit to prayer. And again, not, not six hours a day in a chair sitting still in prayer, but Lord, to, to take you with us to walk in and and connect with you as as we go through life as we're at our jobs and in school and and as we're helping our friends and, and having meaningful conversations with loved ones god help us to be in prayer and to not grow anxious or weary lord help us not to be discouraged when we feel like everyone else has perfect prayer and it seems like we're just failing as we talked about last week that it's not a checklist not just some schedule some item we can put on our schedule but Lord that it is constant communion with you Lord we pray that that when the seventh day comes and it's time to blow those trumpets would you provide us with the strength we need to hold them up would you provide us with the breath we need would you encourage us to know that it is your will? Lord, today we, we pray for loved ones that are hurting. We pray for, for the sick. And God, the, the, the finish line in those prayers never seems to be how we think it should be. God, help us to accept accept what you would have us to do each and every step of the way. Be okay with the fact that you're with us on the journey. Help us to just keep marching. Help us to be faithful. Whether we see the end or whether our grandchildren see the end, help us to be faithful. may you, the God of all peace, the God of all wisdom and understanding, would you continue to form us into your people that can go from this place in constant communion with you to shine your light in a world that needs it, in a community that needs it. and Help us to be an encouragement and uplifting to others today. We ask all this in the precious and holy name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day today. Enjoy some time with family. If you don't have someone, a mother around, don't spend it alone. Find a friend, love on someone. Be in communion with the Father today. May you go in His grace and His peace. Amen.